conversation pace. My name is Brian Rossetti, founder at V.02. This week's episode is a little unique. Typically, we interview athletes and coaches and dig into their stories. In this episode, I interviewed Tobias Christensen, head of nutrition at Martin. Martin is the latest sponsor of our VDOT Challenge virtual racing series. For those of you unfamiliar with VDOT Challenges, it's a new feature on our app occurring every two weeks. Anyone can opt in and compete for free on our platform. Since road racing is canceled for the foreseeable future, we're partnering with brands we appreciate to help deliver the best race experience possible in a virtual format. As part of our partnership, Martin is focused on educating athletes and coaches about sports nutrition. To help motivate athletes, they're also offering a gift to participants in boxes of their drink mix and hydrogel to overall and age group winners. Martin has taken the industry by storm in the past three years, most notably fueling Eliud Kipchoge's sub two hour marathon and world record performance in Berlin. Their branding is as pristine and simple as the quality of their ingredients. We also identify with their focus on science and technology and performance orientation. In this episode, we discuss fueling for performance and specifically the science and technology behind their hydrogel, which they claim allows you to absorb more carbohydrates without triggering GI problems. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Tobias. All right, Tobias, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. How are you? <laughs> Good. Um, how's it going in Sweden? You're safe and well? Um. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm safe and well, well but um, as the rest of the world, I think uh, we are suffering uh, pretty much. And um, it's a, a very difficult time to be in, but uh, I think we have to stay positive and optimistic. So tell me a little bit about what it's like to, um, to run, to walk in terms of fitness, working out in Sweden right now? And um, and what are the official restrictions or guidelines for people um, right now? Yeah, so Sweden has chosen a, a, a pretty liberal approach to tackle this problem. Um, so we can move quite freely. There are no major restrictions. Yeah, obviously the... the uh, the participants in in uh, in, uh, in trainings and in, in sessions and so on are restricted to 50 participants, um, and then we are not allowed to to visit the elderly people at the care homes and and mm. stuff like. That. But but I mean I'm at the office now and and the society and the community is is running. Last Sunday I had the. I coached my son during the soccer training. So, I mean, many things are, are as normal. So when you see people out running today, are, are most people wearing masks or is it pretty, um, since they're out running solo mostly, um, do you not see as many masks? I'm just trying to get a sense yeah. compared yeah. to the States. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's a good question. No, actually it's no masks out there. No masks, and we still train together, and um, and um, yeah, I mean, many things works as as normal. I'm also a, a sports nutritionist for a pro soccer team here in in Gothenburg, and I was there last Friday, and uh, they practice together, and um, yeah, it's, and it's like not normal. However, I, I do want to to yeah 
to say here. I mean, I mean, we are. I think that that's a Swedish thing as well because we are really listening to the governmental uh, guidelines uh, when it comes to uh, washing your hands, uh, uh, cleaning, and. Uh, 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 have social distancing and everything, and especially if you have uh, cold symptoms. Mm. And so, so still working out, still practices. Um, but as, as you said, fifty, as long as it's fifty people or under, um, that's yeah. the guideline. Yeah, correct. Interesting. Okay, so very different here from the in the states. Um, so, talk a little bit about your background. Growing up, involvement in sports. Did did you run um, at a young age? Or do you consider yourself a runner? No, not actually not a runner. But but I'm more or less born and raised in a locker room uh, and uh, foot football or soccer or and ice hockey uh, was my sports. So um, I was I was decent in in both and i moved from my parents when i was 16 16 and and uh, joined a, a youth elite club here in gothenburg and uh, have been here and have been involved in in sports and elite sports since uh, since then and um yeah interesting so and and what was your perspective of running growing up what how was um the sport What's your recollection growing up of, of runners or the sport in general, or did you really not? It was just not on your radar growing up. How, how did it? How did it tie in? No, no, no. Exactly. I mean, it was not on my radar. I, I'm a team sports guy, so I follow yeah. the ice hockey and soccer. And uh, it was not until uh, maybe mid twenty five or or, or mid twenty. Sorry, uh, that I, I was became fascinated into endurance sports, and uh, uh, it was during my my studies uh, at the university in sports science and and so on. I, I became really fascinated about uh, endurance sports. So more when you started going to school, um, not so much as participation in sports. It was more. Just your education, where you started to to gain interest in into endurance. Yeah, I mean, I am a sports guy, so and uh, I have many close friends who are still um, professional players and professional athletes in in different sports. So I'm I'm always involved, always have been involved. But uh, I mean, my interest grew in when. Actually, when I, I started to study sports science and, and we um, went into the lab and, and did some uh, VO2max tests and, and so on. So, um, When you were studying um, exercise science and you mentioned the VO2max testing, were you aware of Dr. Daniels at that time or did he come up at all uh, during your schooling? No. Not at that time. I mean, yeah. you know, Sweden have a, a pretty long history of, uh, of exercise science and sports science from the 1960s and, uh, and um, very early studies with uh, muscle glycogen and, and uh, carbohydrate loading and so on. And uh, in a way that also influence what they teach here. Uh, so Jack Daniels was, wasn't uh, 
included in the uh, in the uh, yeah in the courses. Yeah, no, Jack. Uh, Jack did study actually in Sweden um, yeah. with Car Karolinska, maybe. Yeah, uh, per per Olaf Ostrand, uh, yeah. Ostrand was the yeah. was a big influence on Jack, and and he yeah. he always talks about that. Um, Jack was also in the modern pentathlon as an athlete, so Sweden was um, a country that he he looked to and and was definitely inspired by um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, you mentioned a, a legend there, Per Olaf Ostrand. Yeah. And, uh, there are some other guys as well. Bengt Saltin is another one who have published a lot and have been a pioneer in in, in this field. <laughs> I still, when we Jack and I met, um, your your CEO Olaf in Brooklyn um, ah. before the New York City Marathon this past year, and Jack was giving a talk and we were doing a Q and A and. And Olaf had, had stopped in and we were excited. We met him afterwards because we didn't know he was coming. And um, I always crack up thinking like all of us. I told Jack, I said, hey, Jack, this guy's doing some interesting stuff, you know, with nutrition products for runners. And, and Jack's, you know, was like, oh, yeah. And he's like, let's go talk to him. And so they're chatting. And, and I, before they well, before they started chatting, I said, Jack, he's they're based out of Sweden. And he's and he's like, oh wow, and so he goes over and they start chatting, and Olaf's giving him the background and some of the research that you guys have been doing, and then Jack starts speaking um, Swedish, and, yeah, and yeah, and Olaf's jaw just dropped because he had no he had no idea he was in shock. It was hilarious. Um, so then they started talking in Swedish and yeah i didn't understand so then i left at that point but but um <laughs> so yeah jack he loves sweden um, he'll he'll talk about it all day his experiences there yeah and, and i do think uh, i mean sweden as a country is uh, is quite uh, liberal and uh, and free in a way so i think we are allowed to think outside the box in many things and i think that that's overlap very well with uh, with the, the Morton innovation and the, the hydrogel technology. How we, in a way, are able to to think uh, in a non-conventional way to to create new things and and um, yeah, tackle problems in a different way. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your background and then how you got involved with with Martin. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I mean, I have studied for many, many years, maybe too many years. So <laughs> I have studied, I have master degrees in clinical nutrition and sports science and sports nutrition. And, and me and my supervisor at the University of Gothenburg um, were trying to, to have um, uh, financial support for my PhD. Uh, in sports science. Uh, however, we failed. So, so I had no job at that time, and uh, and uh, I didn't study anymore, and uh, failed the uh, PhD funding. So, so my my supervisor, who is also the sports nutritionist at the Swedish Olympic Committee, he recommended me to Morten because at that time it, this was 
2016. Uh, at that time, Morton had invested some money um, into research and into uh, investigating the uh, the Morton drink, the drink mix, the drink mixes. So, drink mix was the first product. Yes, actually, we had another product that is similar to the gel, uh, but it was. Um, it was too hard to uh, to produce in a large scale, so uh, they uh, developed the drink uh, with the si same idea and the same technology. Um, but Olaf, the CEO at Morton, he recommended me to to uh, to Morton, or my supervisor recommended me to Morton, so I started here early 2017, and uh, at that time. Um, three elite marathon runners have won uh, in Berlin, in uh, Chicago, and in New York. And at that time, we we uh, didn't have um, uh, any customers, or uh, we hadn't launched the products, and we have no Instagram account. And <laughs> was I was at a very very early stage, and this is only three years ago, three and a half years ago. You guys have exploded. I just when you said 2017, I knew that, but it's still it's shocking to hear how how quickly you've exploded on the scene. Um, that's that's incredible. So before the product was even out, you did have some elite athletes who were using it in races. Yeah. So we came uh, we came in touch with uh, with a scientist uh, and uh, researcher called Yanis Pisleilis, um, and uh, he was running a uh, a so-called sub two project um, with the aim of getting the first uh, man under two hours in in uh, in a legal way. Uh, he believed that with the right support of uh, of um, I mean facilities and uh, and equipment and nutrition and uh, physiotherapy we could have the first man on under two hours and um, we we gave him this uh, idea that we had a, a really special drink that could be uh, a complete game changer within the uh, sports nutrition world so. He was really attracted to this uh, idea and uh, in the in the project. Um, uh, Kenanisa Bekele was one guy and uh, he started to use the product and uh, he liked it very much and, and used it during the Berlin 2016 marathon. He's, I think, uh, so Bekele, he's, he's scored, I think at this point still he has the highest ever VDOT score based on his 10K world record. Wow. And it, it's just a bit above uh, Kipchoge's um, marathon in Berlin, but that still stands, according to Jack's formulas, as the, the greatest performance um, ever uh, to date in terms wow. of um, you know physiologically trying to equate the different performances. But, but you could also argue that was on the track um, in spikes versus um, a road race in a yeah. marathon. But um, they're very close. It's interesting. Yeah. 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 And I mean, uh, yeah, from there, we, we it moved on. So, well, uh, let's talk yeah. a little bit. I want to step back for a second. The, the, 
talk a little bit about how the company started because ultimately um, it was one of your founders, right? Or the founder who was researching, from my understanding, researching GI distress, but unrelated to sport, right? Yeah, so so uh, Morton uh, has chosen a, a quite uh, unconventional uh, sports nutrition <laughs> name, brand name. And the origin of the name is uh, a guy called Morton Fitness. <laughs> and and this guy, he's he's the co-founder of Morton and he's a he's a cancer researcher in in Sweden and working daily with transportation of cancer drugs. Wow. And uh, Morton is also a hobby triathlete, so he's spending a lot of time and investing a lot of time into his training, and uh, and uh, <laughs> is a, a quite quite interesting anecdote. So so he obviously uh, recognized that he had a lot of uh, stomach problems during uh, triathlon events, and uh, and uh, he called Olaf. Um, and uh, told him about the uh, the problems with the, the current market and the current uh, products on the market, and uh, that they should should do something new, develop something better for the stomach and for the also the oral health and the teeth. So that's where the idea was uh, came from. Okay, and it was based mostly on his experience um, as a triathlete or in combination with some of the research he was doing on, on the cancer side? Uh, both. Both. I oh. mean, he, he uh, had those symptoms, the GI symptoms during the races and during his training and so on. And um, he came up with the idea of using uh, a hydrogel technology to create a delivery system of the carbohydrates to the intestine. And uh, the hydrogel, the, uh, the term hydrogel is, is nothing new, it's not a new phenomenon that Morton had invented. So it has been used in the food industry and in the pharma industry for many, many deca decades. Um, as a drug delivery system, and um, now we were able to to combine the carbohydrates together with this formula and this technology to to create a a, a smoother uh, vehicle of the carbohydrates. Interesting. So I definitely I want to talk a lot about the hydrogel. Um, <clears throat> so before you guys. Um, did your research it, it's it was basically assumed right that 40 to 60 grams of carbohydrates well it's per hour that was the essentially that was the assumption till you guys came along that you could really only absorb somewhere in the range of 40 to 60 is that right uh, both i would start from a, a different angle we know that um that the human body is not designed to digest and ingest uh, carbohydrates or food during intense activity. Blood is supposed to be distributed to working muscles and not to the gastrointestinal tract. So there is a conflict uh, of the blood supply, okay? And uh, the higher the intensity, the, the more um, 
prevalent is the uh, GI distress, but also uh, the uh, gastric emptying is reduced. So, and that's why um, companies around the world, sports nutrition companies around the world, have, have formulated their drinks uh, to five to eight percent of carbohydrates um, solutions to better cope um, with the carbohydrates and uh, dilute the solution so you can tolerate it in a better way. So the, the problem was twofold, right? It was, it was absorption. Um, well, I guess it, it's one and the same, right? So it's the, how much you can, you can absorb and process, but then there's also the, the GI distress, the GI emptying um, factor too. So you really had to solve. Um, yeah. You, you had to solve that problem first, and then you realized, oh, the body can make use. It's it's more efi- efficient. Um, now it's up to 90 grams of carbs per hour, basically, right? Yeah, that's correct. But I, I think the first barrier for carbohydrate delivery is the stomach. Yeah. And the higher the intensity, less is going to the intestine. So... The idea with the hydrogel technology was to deliver the carbohydrates to pass the stomach in a, in a smoother way so it can get absorbed. And so, and I, I think this is a misconception globally, but also in the uh, academic world. Um, many people think that Morton are, are delivering uh, super carbs that are better than 100%, but uh, what we deliver is actually a, a delivery system of the carbohydrates. Uh, and in a way, we, we, we pass the stomach in a, in a better way so the carbohydrates can be absorbed. So in a way, to, to refer back to your question, I, I think with Morton, I think more carbohydrates is faster going to the intestine, which allow or promotes the absorption of the carbohydrates. Mm. And and is it a bigger? Does it play a bigger factor? Obviously, the longer the workouts go on, I, I've seen some research where they were trying to, um, you know, confirm some of the the statements you guys have made, um, where the workouts were much shorter and the studies. Um, so the longer the workouts, obviously, the the more of an impact you're going to see with your technology. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, exact. And also at higher intensities, yeah. higher intensities and perhaps longer duration as well. You can see that Morton is, uh, is tolerated better in a better way. So we coach, there's a lot of athletes, a lot of coaches on our platform. Um, and we commonly see athletes using your product um, for their marathon races, for half marathons and for a lot of their long training runs. Um, so talk a little bit about the best way to make use of your product to get more out of your training, um, not just your racing. And um, is this something that should be used prior to any workout someone is doing? Um, so that's my first first part of that question. Yeah, well, we, we can start there, Brian, <laughs> and then we can take the second part. But yes, I mean, I mean, Morton is not for for 
everyday training or all the runs. I mean, Morton is for the um, for the tough workouts, and I would recommend Morton for for the hard uh, red quality sessions where you really want to perform. And uh, I mean, at very low intensity or at lower intensity, the body is. Uh, is not that carbohydrate driven or carbohydrate dependent. So um, as soon or when your your uh, speed up or the intensity is higher, the, the body will expend more energy and uh, the proportion will be much higher um, from carbohydrates. And so that's the, the rationale or the logical reason why you should um, fuel the, the hard sessions and not the easy sessions. So even um, even when we get into someone doing, let's say, anywhere from you know 15 minutes of, of work at their VO2 max, um, they've got some warm-up cool-down before and after, obviously. Um, how would you use the product around a session like that in terms of timing, um, which is obviously probably just as important, right? Or um, very important at least. And then how much? If you've yeah. got someone doing a quality session, but it's really not the volume of the workout is, isn't a ton. Um, they're not doing 15 miles with a lot of work at their goal race pace. It's like I said, it's somewhere in that range of 15 minutes of total work yeah. at their max. Yeah, mm -hmm. but the intensity is above uh, marathon pace. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously these sessions will not be uh, carbohydrate uh, limited. So your carbohydrate stores are enough to fuel that sessions, session. Mm -hmm. However, you can use some carbohydrates uh, beforehand to fuel up, to top up. Uh, and you can also use some carbohydrates like a gel uh, during the warm up or very early in the session. Uh, to have some carbohydrates during the session. And the, the, the idea there is uh, you want the body to be um, oxidizing carbohydrates because using carbohydrates is, more, is a more efficient fuel for the body. So per liter of oxygen, you can utilize more carbohydrates from, more energy from carbohydrates compared to fat. So, and that's really what you want. Uh, during the tough sessions, you want to to practice your carbohydrate utilization and the the system that where carbohydrates are utilized. And, and what about timing with the product? Um, just for our listeners, what's what's your recommendation on on timing? I've got I tend to, to struggle with blood sugar issues and and have to be careful about what I consume and when before training um, and during. And um, so talk a little bit about timing and, and you know, some yeah. advice around that. Regarding the, the fluctuation of the blood glucose concentration, I'm not, um, I'm not so worried. I think it, it's a, a little bit overstated actually. Um, mm. uh, if you have a proper meal three or four hours before, um, your blood sugar concentration will be normalized to baseline levels before the practice. Uh, you can uh, uh, mitigate or lower the response 
from a carbohydrate intake prior to, to a training by ingesting the carbohydrates quite close to the activity or when you start the exercise. Um, what research on that to be as it's and how close um, to the activity because a lot of a lot of athletes obviously they, they do their workout in the morning before work um, they don't have time three to four hours um, no. beforehand so how what's what's your recommendation there during a morning training I, I would take a gel and then go and uh, yeah. within uh, the last 10 minutes before I start or within five minutes because uh, some carbohydrates will appear in the in the bloodstream however it, it not um, it will not excrete so much insulin to lower the the glucose levels so um, you will probably not uh, um, develop low blood sugar levels uh, from a, a very late or very close intake um, to the exercise. Mm. So five to ten minutes, that, that's a good window. You want to get it close in that sense. And, and that's also my recommendation for the elite runners during, uh, let's say, New York Marathon. Um, have the, the first intake, the last five or ten minutes before. I mean, start feeding very, very early because it takes some time for the the carbohydrates from an external source to, to really reach the muscle cells. And I was reading, you guys have the, the caffeine, um, the caffeine product too, the, which is, it's the hydrogel, right? That that's just with caffeine and it's the equivalent is up to a cup, a full cup of coffee within the, within the one packet. I mean, it, it depends uh, on uh, how strong coffee you drink, but in Sweden, we, we say it like, like a normal cup of coffee. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I mean, in America, you drink uh, pretty diluted coffee. It's, it's, too, light, it's too light for us. <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty good dose. And... Um, the Morton philosophy is to, to only launch uh, products or components that are having a, a, a proper effect or a real effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been a driving force to, to, um, to keep and to add uh, an effective dose of caffeine. And that's why we end up at 100 milligrams of caffeine. So your, your ingredients are pretty simple. I mean... I've seen compared to some of the other products that I've used that have more ingredients. Um, what are some of the factors? Maybe, maybe it's ingredients where a lot of the feedback I get from your product is it's a more sustainable, balanced energy. That's what attracted me to it, or partly what attracted me to it. Obviously, um, where does that come from? Why? Why would someone? have that effect that it's they feel that it's more sustainable more balanced um we don't really have the answer on that question yet but i mean mm. when i when i ask uh, i was in africa two months ago and uh, i i sat down with uh, Eliud kipchoge for example and uh, wow. and um, i asked him what, what's so special with morton if you compare Morton to other products, what, what's the difference? What's what's so special? And I mean, 
they use very simple explanations and and uh, I mean it's basically sits well and it it gives you the energy and my scientific explanation is um, the carbohydrates that you ingest is really oxidized within the muscle cells and uh, actually we we are going to publish uh, a, a study in a peer-reviewed uh, journal very very soon uh, where we can see that the so-called oxidation efficiency is higher with the Morton product compared to other products. And um, is that related to the encapsulation that you guys do, or no? Perhaps we don't. We don't really know yet. And that's the that's the fun part. I mean, it could be the uh, the carbohydrate uh, composition between uh, maltodextrin and fructose. Uh, it can be that the feedback signal from the from the intestine to the stomach is working in a better way with Morton together uh, compared to others, but we don't really know yet. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the differentiating factors then um, between some of the competition. So when you guys came into the market, um, there's obviously there's taste, there's quality, absorption, consistency, all those. Um, what were some of the other factors that you wanted to sort of overcome as you were entering the market? Um, if you can talk a little bit about those so someone really gets a sense for the, the difference in your product before, besides maybe that it sits well, but obviously, there's a, that, that might be a combination of things to, to you know, generate, elicit that response, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I can point to, to many factors that are different with Morton. And the hydrogel technology is one. And a simple explanation of the hydrogel technology is, uh, is a, um, a jelly-like uh, structure where the carbohydrates in a way are encapsulated in, in this uh, uh, structure. And it seems like this structure uh, delivered the carbohydrates smoother. And I mean, we are not, uh, when I'm reading the scientific literature, I'm not super convinced that adding a lot of electrolytes will be beneficial for performance. So the Morton products have a pretty low amount of electrolytes added and with that we can more or less rely on the natural flavor of the uh, carbohydrate sources and if you add too much electrolytes you change the perception of the drink and uh, you create a, a pretty unpleasant flavor with a lot of salt and mm. that salty flavor you uh, you want to mask and then you add a flavor. And uh, if you are adding a flavor, you have to add an acid to balance up the, the sweetness and the flavor and everything. And then you are in the same uh, position as everyone else. Mm, interesting. And then what about, a, you see in a lot of other products, um, amino acids as well. Is that a decision you guys made um, to keep it simple and also just based on research that the impact is is too minimal um, to complicate the, the that it's worth complicating the formula yeah and both both factor I mean uh, 
the the scientific support for adding uh, amino acids or electrolytes is in best case very weak so that's the first thing but also for simplistic reasons um we try to to uh, stay according to the uh, scientific literature and 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 i mean it's rarely discussed um it's rarely a discussion around adding amino acids for for improving performance mm. okay that's great um so then talk a little bit about i, I had a chance to speak with olaf a little bit as I mentioned, when we met him in New York, um, and he talked a little bit about sub two um, with Kipchoge. Talk a little bit about your experience, um, what you've been impressed by just being around him, and um, give us any insight that you can around his usage, in particular in the race when he when he actually ran sub two. I was a little bit in shock in terms of. Um, how much he consumed, right? Can you confirm what he actually consumed um, in that performance during when he ran 159? Um, yeah. I'd just like to hear a little bit about your experience with, with that whole project too. Yeah, so uh, actually I, I was in, in Vienna myself and uh, I saw the, the, uh, the event and mm -hmm. uh, about Kipchoge's uh, nutritional plan, um, I, th I think uh, it's, 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 not a, it's not a big secret, but I feel I cannot share it. Um, and uh, however, I can say that he's uh, following the, uh, the evidence-based guidelines, carbohydrate guidelines that exist at the moment. And uh, if you read the guidelines from uh, American College of Sports Medicine, if you are running for for more than two hours, you are you can benefit from from uh, consuming up to 90 grams of carbohydrates per hour, and uh, you can do that by consuming gels, or you can do it by uh, liquid carbohydrate sources like uh, a sports drink, and uh, or the combination between the two, but. Um, but uh, purely based on, on observation from the, uh, from the race, uh, I could see and count that Kipchoge uh, used, uh, or at least um, uh, had some pieces uh, of gel from six gels. Wow. And uh, oh. he, also, he also had a, a drink mix 320. Wow. In addition to the six... You, you can't confirm he consumed completely all six, but he did take um, six during that, that two-hour time frame. Yeah, for sure. So I, I clocked uh, every time he uh, took some pieces from the gel. Uh, but as you point out, I, I cannot confirm that he, he took all the gel. No, no, no. Wow, fascinating. Um, and then um, what did you – yeah, go ahead, sorry. I, I mean, it's, it's pretty much, I mean, if we do some basic calculations, so that's 150 grams only from, uh, from the gels. And um, so that's, that's a pretty good, pretty good uh, intake rate. <laughs> we, I, I mean, I coach marathoners. It's, it's pretty common to hear, um, and I'm, I'm referring to people in the three, four, 
five hour marathon range. And um, they'll oftentimes tell me, you know, I, I, I think I did pretty good with the gels. I was able to take two or three, you know, during, during the race. Um, yeah. Now that doesn't include any fluids They're obviously drinking some sports um, drinks along the way. But I'm, I'm still shocked. That's why I was excited to do this call. I'm just shocked at um, how little calories and, and carbohydrates your average marathoner is consuming. And it's mostly related just to GI distress, right? So, yeah. um, But I think they have no idea how much they're underperforming as a result. No, I mean, uh, they can evaluate their splits afterwards and see what's happening from... Uh, uh, kilometer 30 and onwards and uh, and do the math but, but I mean Kipchoge and the elite athletes they are so incredible fast and they are burning so much energy and uh, most of it is from carbohydrates and they can never replace uh, at the same speed as the carbohydrates are utilized so it's only it's only a question about delaying the fatigue and delaying an empty tank and uh, I mean, a, a, a slower runner will go empty uh, soon. But so that's why the, the consumption of carbohydrates only can delay the fatigue or, or push the, the, uh, the wall in front of you. Mm. And then real quickly about back to timing, is there oftentimes you'll hear, um, you know, it's too late if you go too long without ingesting the carbs that you need late, you know, let's say in a marathon. Um, is that, is there something to that? Um, obviously, you, you know, where you have that consistent energy flow versus um, you know, waiting, or does it not matter? You, you know, the, the carbs are going to be helpful. Um, whenever you take them, obviously it's better to have that consistent flow, but do, are people getting into greater trouble by waiting longer amounts of time between, um, just a, a quick a question on, on timing again. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I mean, if you, if you think about it, I mean, one gel is only 25 grams of carbohydrates or hundred calories. Even uh, for me, when I'm doing a, a very easy jog, I, I'm burning 800 calories per hour. And uh, I'm in a decent shape, but, but it, it will be uh, many hundreds of calories from carbohydrates. And yes, you do have uh, carbohydrate stored in the muscles, but it's about uh, balancing the utilization from the, the body's stores with an external source. And that's why you should start very, very early, have a consistent intake. And um, yeah, I mean, for everyone who, who are watching a, a elite marathon race, the, male, the males are, are having a, a drink or a gel every 15 minutes or every 5K. Mm. So, um, and that's, um, that's to have a, an even distribution distribution of the carbohydrates. That's great, Tobias. I appreciate all the information. We're uh, we're excited to have you guys involved, and 
our next uh, VDOT challenge. And um, we're excited about your product and really appreciate you taking the time. Ah, perfect, perfect, Brian. No worries. I was, uh, was happy to be, be in the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. I've been over here.